This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. What was that experience like when you first started learning to cook or had to make a meal for yourself with sight loss? I was shifting from my parents' cooking to my cooking. And I was like, I don't know why I can't make food that I like to eat. And I think I struggled with that for the first few months of living on my own and definitely as well did a lot of frozen meals. As an athlete too was hard because I was like, oh, I need to make these nutritious filled meals that are going to fuel me on the track. The, The ones that I was making or going out and buying wasn't really doing it for me. That's Dave Johnson. He's a track and field Paralympic athlete and specializes in the 400 meter. He's a member of Team Canada and competed in the 2019 Parapan American Games. Dave's a public speaker, disability advocate, and popular TikToker with almost 400,000 followers. Dave, welcome to the podcast. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Excited to talk about some food. I know everyone loves food. I know I love food. So, I'm ready to get into it. I want to get into talking about you. You have a degenerative eye condition with now only about 3% of your vision left, and you have type 1 diabetes. Despite all these obstacles, you have not let any of this interfere with any of your dreams and accomplishments. What type of eye condition have you been diagnosed with, and when were you diagnosed? Yeah, so I have an eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa. I was diagnosed when I was 8 years old. But I still had it before I was eight. Uh, I was born with it. I just didn't know I had it. Uh, My parents didn't know. And when I was a kid, there was a bunch of things before I was diagnosed that I was running into things that I probably should have seen. And a lot of these incidents kind of happened. And then I ended up going to the eye doctor, doing a bunch of tests and found out that I have an eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which how I describe it to people is it takes away my peripheral vision and it's like looking through kind of a straw. So if stuff's coming from the side above or below, I can't see it. And then on top of that, it's kind of like wearing a pair of sunglasses. So it's dark outside uh, or I'm in a restaurant. I can't really see anything. Makes it uh, makes it harder. And I guess another thing that people always think is when I say it's like looking through a straw, they think it's black kind of around what I see, but it's how a sighted person can't see behind their head. There's not a black cutoff spot. And for me, it's the same thing, except it's just way, way, way smaller. And if someone stands to the side or extends their hand to shake it, for me, I mean, I have RP as well, and there's no way I'm seeing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always initiate the handshakes. That's that's always me. Yeah. Or me because I do have like yourself like central. I'll look down at their hand, look up at them, look down at their hand and they're looking at me like what is she doing? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, walk us through what that was like for you. So, hearing at such a young age that you were losing your sight and pretty much that nothing could be done to prevent it. Yeah. Did it really sink in at that age? No, not really. I always say it it didn't because uh, I was I was a kid. I, I was focused on kid things a lot of the time. 
and I don't think I really understood the the magnitude of what that that really meant uh, for me and for what's to come. And I don't think I really struggled with it until my teenage years, like 15, 16. And that's when it became harder for me to kind of accept it. I think it was the first time in my life I really had to kind of face it, the age when people are going, getting jobs. And I got a job at a grocery store and it was, it was really tough. It was hard and I couldn't really hide my disability. And as well as this is when people are getting their license, learning to drive and kind of sinking in for me at that point that I was never going to be able to drive. From the sports side, I loved playing sports growing up. I pretty much played every sport, basketball, baseball, soccer, hockey, everything. And I always like every kid has a dream of I want to go to the NHL or I want to be a professional. For me, I kind of always knew that that dream couldn't couldn't happen for me because I couldn't see. But then I found track and field, a sport you can do with little or no vision, and fulfilled that dream, which to me is 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 amazing. Did you always know that you wanted to be a professional athlete? Did you choose track or did that sport choose you? I would say more so track chose me. I like running. I really like it, but I don't know if it's my favorite sport that I've I've done. I really love that I can do it at a high level with with a disability. And I think it more so found me in, in that sense that it was a sport that I could do with RP and compete against others with a visual impairment at a high level. Are you up for a couple of games? I'm always down for some games. Okay, the first one we're going to play is called This or That. Are you a morning person or night owl? I'm going to say night owl. Oh my gosh, I feel even worse because I got you up at 7 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Tea. Wine, red or white? White. Mild or spicy? Spicy. With fries, ketchup or mayo? Ketchup. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay, chicken wings. This is important. Drums or flats? Drums. Well, we could share a meal because I like the flats. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Good answer. Chili or stew? Chili. Would you rather give up sugar or give up salt? Sugar. Granola or oatmeal? Oatmeal. Chocolate dip donut or cream filled? Ooh. I'm going to have to go chocolate donut. I am so glad I finally stumped you. You were just whizzing through these. Okay, so you're going dip? Yeah, I'm going dip. Pickles, dill or garlic? I kind of hate pickles, so <gasps> I don't know. Insert gasp here. Really? Yeah, neither. Okay, we can still be friends. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to talk a little bit about type 1 diabetes. Were you born with type 1 diabetes? Was it something that happened later on in life? Yeah, it happened later on when I was 18, actually. So I've only really had it for five years or so. And it kind of just came out of nowhere. No one in my immediate family has type 1. So I remember I was at my high school grad, and I was really, 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 I say sick. Uh, I lost a lot of weight. I had to go to the bathroom, go pee all the time, like every 15 minutes, and just kind of like nauseous and, and not feeling myself and that went on for 
six weeks or so. And it was, it was hard because I was also r- running as well. And it was trying to like chalk up what was happening because it was a very kind of like slow process. And then I was helping my grandpa move one day. I was lifting up something pretty light, like the chair I'm sitting on now. It's like five, 10 pounds, like something I should easily be able to pick up. And I, I couldn't lift it. And I, I got really lightheaded and I was with my dad and then he took me to the hospital and they had a little machine and they like poked, poked my finger and blood came out. And then the, the nurse took uh, the machine, put it up to my finger and she's like, oh, well, your blood sugar is so high that the machine can't even read it. And I was, I was, no way. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what that, what does that mean? She's like, oh, you have yeah. type one diabetes. And I was like, oh. Okay. And from there, it was a pretty big learning process of how to live with it, what to do and, and stuff like that. Type two diabetes runs in my family. So I know about the highs and lows and what you need to do and how to balance it. Not everything, but, and I would imagine that becomes a little more challenging when you are a professional athlete to manage that. Yeah, definitely tricky, especially when traveling. I'm going, I'm headed to Dubai in three, four weeks or so. And I'm pretty excited, but the the time change is 12 hours, like the biggest kind of time change you can you can do from night night to day. And I essentially eat the same thing every day at the same time. So it's very, it's very routine and easy to control when I'm at home. But when I travel, then it gets a little, a little more difficult. It can be tough throughout a race. I've had races where I've struggled and important races too. I remember this last year I was qualifying for the Commonwealth Games in in Paris and my blood sugar was all messed up before the race, during the race. And I kind of drew it up because I don't know if you've ever been to Paris, but you probably know the food is very carbohydrate rich. A lot of they mm-hmm. love carbs over there. And with diabetes, when you eat a lot of carbs, it makes your blood sugar spikes. raise spikes. Yeah. So that's what I really struggled with there was trying to find a balance. And I had uh, a couple races there that were that were pretty important that I couldn't like I couldn't just get my blood sugar locked locked in. And it it essentially cost me the the races and pretty much the the whole trip I was there and it's couldn't perform where I needed to perform and it didn't happen on the day. Knowing what you know today, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say to not not care as much about what other people think, definitely. And to just be your be yourself. Uh and I feel like now I, I try and live by that advice as, as much as I can. Obviously, sometimes I, I struggle with it, um, I think, as, as anyone would. But when I'm doing those things, I feel like I'm the best version of myself. And being genuine, it's it's being the real me. So like, how could I be upset at being the real me? What about some advice for parents of a young athlete? Letting your your kid do what everyone else is is doing uh, whatever they they want to do 
I know for me, that was, that was sports. I wanted to play hockey after I was uh, diagnosed maybe a year after or so. And my parents were kind of hesitant at first, but then they put me in and it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. I loved, I loved doing it. Yeah. There were hard points at, at times, but it was still definitely worth it and gave me more confidence, I would say. And it, it gave me also something to do. I wasn't just in the house sitting around doing stuff. I was trying new things and things that I wanted to try. I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with track and field Paralympic athlete and public speaker, Dave Johnson. We're going to talk about food. Because really, right, let's get into food. Food is fun. It's happiness. Food doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Okay, so if you had to describe your cooking style, how would you describe that? (laughs) I would say... (laughs) I'm bit, yeah, like I was saying earlier, I'm very routine. I wake up close to the same time. I, I make the same thing. So I wake up, I make I make breakfast. I have three eggs, uh, half a pepper, onion, and a handful of spinach. And then I'll usually have one piece of multi-grain toast with peanut butter and I'll cycle through that. I've been doing that for the last, I don't know, eight months until I get bored and then I'll switch it up. And then lunch, I'll usually... Uh, have oats and make them in the microwave. I don't know if that counts as, as cooking. That's cooking. That's yes, cooking. it is. Okay, I'll take yep. it. I'll take it. And then dinner, usually, I'd say five nights of the, the week, I'm usually making myself dinner. And then the other two is either I'll uh, go over to my parents' house and they'll make me dinner. Or sometimes my roommate makes me dinner. Or sometimes I'll, I'll go out and eat. Yeah, you're cashing in on those free meals. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how did you get started cooking? Was it just you were kind of out of necessity you had to, or was it something that you were curious about? I would say it was more just a yeah, necessity kind of thing. Like I moved out of my parents' house when I was I just turned 19. So um I just kind of had to figure it out on my own. Uh, I wasn't that's good to start. I still, I think I'm still a very mediocre uh, cook, but I have a few dishes that I can just hit, hit nail, uh, hit the head on the nail or whatever the saying is. But um, yeah, I definitely just had to figure it out. So I didn't starve. Okay, you know, I'm not going to let it slide. What did you start cooking? What was the first thing you made? Oh, the first thing I made... I Whether think, it was microwave, stove, t- anything, anything. What was the first thing you made yourself? Probably just like chicken and rice. Like that was just, I baked the chicken. I probably didn't season it. And then I made the, the minute rice and put it together and put a little salt and pepper. And You impressed <laughs> me. I thought you were going to say cereal, yeah. which is what every <laughs> student, when they start cooking, says, oh, I made cereal. Like you didn't make cereal, put it in a bowl and you put milk yeah. on it. <laughs> like if you had to hack anything. So for me, I talk a lot about, you know, a cutting board and what it can be used for and, and changing up the color, how it helps in the kitchen. Have you had to adapt and make any modifications in your kitchen? I guess, yeah, I guess the only thing I can really think of is uh, putting lights under the 
counter, like or under the yeah over the countertop, so I can see when I'm dicing up better. Uh, because yeah, with my vision, it's it's definitely hard when it's when it's dark and my kitchen here is not the most well lit. Uh, so I have lights under there that I can turn on and then do all the stuff under there. And yeah, it definitely makes it easier. Yeah, I totally get that. The more light, the better. What was that experience like when you first started learning to cook or had to make a meal for yourself with sight loss? Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Uh, it's definitely was one of those things where I was shifting from my parents cooking to my cooking. And I was like, why doesn't it taste good? Like, I, I don't know what I'm, why I can't make food that I like to eat. And I think I struggled with that for the first few months of living on my own and definitely as well did a lot of frozen meals too. Um, and I think it definitely as an athlete too was was hard because I was like, oh, I need to make these nutritious filled meals that are gonna fuel me on the track. That the ones that I was making or going out and buying wasn't really doing it for me. I mean, and a kitchen can be a scary place mm -hmm. because you've got sharp objects, you got flames or heat. Was any of that an issue for you? Did you even think about that or did I just plant that seed now? <laughs> uh, I think I definitely, I, I kind of have a memory now of being in home ec in middle school, grade six, mm -hmm. seven for the first time. And that was probably my first time being like around kitchen kind of stuff like, yeah, the heat, the sharp objects and stuff. And I think I, I definitely had a thought of this could be, this could be dangerous. This could be, <laughs> this could go very this wrong, could go very wrong. But I think with, <laughs> with my personality a little bit i'm kind of like this could go dangerous this could go really wrong like this is we're getting into it kind yeah. of thing you know yeah. <laughs> so you basically walk towards the flame not away yeah. from it yeah yeah a little bit yeah <laughs> what would you say is your go-to meal my go-to meal right now definitely um, uh, my, my lunch meal, it's, uh, oh yeah. Oats and a smoothie. I'll do, um, half a cup of uncooked oats, put them, put them in the microwave and then I'll cut up, a an apple, a banana, and then I'll do a half cup of Greek yogurt on top, then chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, and then I'll have a smoothie with a banana, almond milk, uh, some more Greek yogurt some frozen strawberries, protein powder. And that, that to me is, it's, I've been having that for the last couple of years of, of my life, pretty much every day for lunch. And oh, it's, it's so good to me and gives me, I think like all the, the kind of like energy I need. I'm usually eating that after I work out and I'm, I'm tired and it'll kind of fuel me for the rest of the day. All of us have cherished food memories that we have. Um, some of us realize we have them, some of us don't. And it's usually sparked by something we smell or something we taste or a sound we hear. Is there any food memories that that will, as soon as you smell something, it takes you back to that moment in time? Yeah, I would say um, the first time I had uh, roti was in the Caribbean. And every time I, I have one, I think back to when I was, was there in, in the Caribbean. And I remember I was 
on um I don't know what it's maybe a ski do or jet ski kind of thing on the back and it was uh riding along the coast of uh Grenada one of the islands there and the, as the sun was setting it's probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and that was right after uh I ate one and I was kind of always takes me back to to that moment I love it don't you just love like some of those memories and it all it takes like you said is just something to taste or smell and it takes you right back to that moment every single time. Are you up for a couple of more games? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Rapid fire. Tell us one thing most people don't know about you. I, this is pretty recent, but I started playing the guitar. Most people don't know. Okay. Name one thing from your childhood that kids today wouldn't understand. Oh, I feel like it's hard because I'm kind of young I know. still. <laughs> um, I know. I'm, as I was reading, I'm like, do I continue going? It was uh, the, the VHS, the the old, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying I'm old? No. Dave, I will come right there to Victoria. <laughs> I'm saying we experience the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Name or sing a song that always puts you in a good mood. I don't know. I would say any kind of like dance hall kind of music definitely puts me in a good mood, gets me happy, gets me dancing, gets me going. Favorite ingredient to cook with? Mm, something something spicy. Hot sauce or, or nice. something. Yeah. yeah, I like spice. I like heat. Curse words you use in the kitchen. And don't lie, I know you have them. Oh, probably, <laughs> probably every uh, every word under the sun. Honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you, I don't know what to say. I'm passionate when I cook. I'm passionate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great description. Okay, fill in the blanks. I'm always late to blank. School. Blank is how I temporarily escape. Music. If I could go anywhere right now, I would go to blank. Ooh, I'll be back to the the Caribbean. I deserve a gold medal in blank. Running. Good answer. <laughs> I ask every single guest, what is your kitchen confession? Okay, yeah, I, I got one. I was thinking about this actually uh, last night before I was going to bed. And it's it's from my, my great-grandpa. And RP runs, runs in my family. So my great-grandpa was also visually impaired like me and what he would do is my mom my mom told me this story he would have a keep his cans of vegetables at the foot of his bed and the canned uh fruits at the the head of his bed so when he would need to take one or or grab one he would know if he's getting a fruit or a vegetable by where it is under the bed. No and, way. Yeah. So I guess what happened was a, a can of asparagus made its way to the top of the bed. It rolled into the, the fruit pile. And so he went thinking he was going to get some peaches or, or something early in the morning. And he went and opened it up and he ate asparagus and probably threw it up after because it's 6 a.m. or whatever. And he thought he was getting peaches. <laughs> But I commend him for still eating it. <laughs> he saw that one through. Yeah, right. He's yeah, like, I'm not. Give, I'm not a quitter. Yeah, I eat this. <laughs> I love that story. 
If listeners want to reach out for more information, they want to follow you, they want, where can they find you? Yeah, at, at Blind Hipster Dave is, is the username on Instagram, TikTok. I just started a YouTube too. Um, so I've been going to be posting on there a lot more. So pretty much at Blind Hipster Dave on most social media. Thank you so much for joining me, for yeah. joining us and sharing your experiences with us. No, yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mamalini. Thanks for listening. 